Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser along with Troy Peverall, Summer uh, is here upon us. We're right in the middle of it. And we've been talking about a lot of things, especially when it comes to our kids and how we can better parent our kids and lead our families through a, what, what is a different season of life. And Troy, even though, uh, you know, it, it is summer and there are vacations and, you know, people are involved in, in what, you know, is, is maybe a little bit of more fun than normal. We still hear people saying they're tired and busy. Uh, Is that true? It is. I have, I've heard that quite a bit uh, recently and I could attest to that. Literally I have been feeling like tired and busy. So I'm like, cannot wait till uh, August (laughs) because that's when we actually will take off and do our summer's rest. But yeah, the summertime is great, but it's obviously very busy. And yet I know that all, all of life, all seasons have a purpose and it's hard to know sometimes when you're in that busy and tired place, like what's this season for? Uh, and so to me, this whole series has been good just to think about um, the importance of rest. And as I know that you've come off a, an incredible week and are going back to an incredible week for summer camp. I mean, just thinking about that over the last few weeks, I've thought about all the experiences in the past uh, from my church uh, days growing up and meeting my wife in junior high school, and then all the way to doing uh, ministries throughout the summer as a youth pastor. Um, this, these things that are happening with camps uh, can be fantastic. Um, and so I know it's, it's a blast of a time of year that comes once a year. Yeah. And what's really interesting about that is for both, I think the adults who go and, and kind of lead those camps. And for the kids who go, they're not restful. I mean, I'm just honestly <laughs> reflecting on, you know, our, 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 you know, we came back from a middle school camp where, you know, my wife and I were kind of helping lead in, in some capacity and, you know, you get back and, and it was this retreat that was amazing and God taught you a lot of things, but you did not rest really at all because you're going hundred miles an hour when you're at camp and you want to kind of make sure you get everything done that, that, you know, is offered to you there. You're staying up late, you're sleeping on, you know, beds that aren't very comfortable. You're eating camp food. It's not restful. It's amazing, yeah. but it's not restful. And then, you know, to watch, you know, my kids come back from that right? and they are exhausted yes. at the end of it. And so again, you know, even in a quote unquote retreat mode where you're kind of getting away from the normal pace of life. Um, and it, it is an amazing experience for most everybody that goes. It's just you get home and you need a rest from the retreat. Right. It's crazy. It's like the summertime offers a high that I think we're looking for. And then we get it. But then I get sometimes even as a youth pastor, I remember the days of planning where there was so much intensity and so much uh, activity that it was fantastic. But then as you come off of it, there's almost like a crash. Yeah, that's true. You know, because, and it's almost, it's not that it's a crash that something's bad. It's just that the return to the normal yep. is not the high that you've been on. Um, but yet it's been a high that you needed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any kind of experiences from kind of your childhood when it comes to Camp Troy that you remember? 
Oh man, absolutely. In fact, I would say that was the that was the time in which I received uh, Christ into my life. I was uh, ten years old. It was at what we call junior camp, uh, and it was for younger, uh, older, ed- elementary, younger, junior high, and um. And all I remember was it was t- so fun, but I also remember the content of the teacher um, was life changing from that day forward. So to me, my whole walk with God started at a camp mm-hmm. and it was impactful to this day. So it was great. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. How about you? So different story. First time I ever went to summer camp was when I led one. Okay. Wow. Quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. <great>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did not kind of grow up going to church and didn't have kind of a summer camp experience until I got to be a youth pastor when I was 23 years old and, and then was tasked with kind of planning some things. And so for me, my first experiences with camp were in my twenties when I was in a leadership capacity, which was amazing because, you know, I was learning and growing myself alongside a lot of the students that we were taking that were learning and growing. And then just saw over and over again different students and adults just be moved by the experience at camp. But for me, it was, was when I was in my twenties, quite honestly. That's great. You were fresh blood. I was for sure. (laughs) Actually, I think it's, it's so cool to imagine being in that place because I remember having interns that kind of had the same story where I'm trying to help them get ready for camp. And I would step back and watch them do camp. And I'm like, they need to be taking my job (laughs) because they, (laughs) because they were so, alive and excited just for that atmosphere and just yeah. to watch God move. And that was great. Yeah. So, so what are your, what, like when you hear summer camp, what comes to mind for you? Well, I think in the season of life that I'm in, I'm looking for one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a different kind of camp though, right? right? Yeah. But, but back in the day when I think I was doing some of, some of what you were doing, um, I was just full of energy, excited to, to be planning it. Um, but again, my my best experiences were the days when I was in high school, uh, junior high and high school, where, um, you know, it was a combination of fun activities, uh, the leaders, like just the leaders that would go and have impact in my life. I, could, I remember several life-changing moments that took place on the camp specifically for me. Uh, let's share one quick story. I, re- I remember the youth lead, one youth leader challenged us to walk away from the morning meeting and to find an object that would represent something to us uh, and come back. And if you were willing to share that at night, what that object represents to you, you'd have that opportunity. So all day long, I'm thinking, what object am I going to bring, bra- bring back? So I was sitting on the side of a hill after doing some of our games and the a blade of grass just represented something to me in that moment. And this was a, a God moment. And, and it was simply uh, God speaking to me in his own way that that blade of grass represented on one side, myself, one side, my sister. And God spoke in those moments to me to say, there's a wall between you and your sister and you need to, get, I want you to get it right. And I was thinking, I, I knew what to do to get it right. It was to do the I'm sorry because I mm-hmm. mistreated my little sister. And mm. and so that was life changing. And I think it was at the point of actually voicing it to the group that brought the biggest impact of heart change. And so I looked back at that and I know for myself that there was a shift 
and the way that I felt toward my sister. And so that's kind of like, I mean, that's a life-changing moment um, that a summer camp and the leaders involved and the speakers involved, uh, and then the fun, just going away, not being near your parents, not being near the authorities in your life, but having new authority in your life was just, again, all the whole thing was impactful. That's amazing. And, and I can remember, kind of, again, back in those young adult years, um, leading some of these camps and having kind of helping to create some moments like that yeah. for both of the kids and the adults. And that's one of the beautiful thing I think that happens is, you know, it's not only for the the youth or the kids that go, I mean, what, what God does in the midst of all that is for the adults as well. And yeah. I just remember seeing, you know, moment after moment of, you know, people kind of learning something about themselves, learning something about God, really wanting to talk about it and process that. I think that's one of the the beauties of any kind of a camp is the ability, is the opportunity to process what yeah. God's doing in your life. You know, you go to church on a Sunday, you go to a Sunday school class or a youth group, you kind of, you're in, you're out. Yeah. And, and sure, there are some conversations that happen in and around those, but when you're in, you know, three, four five days, of God moving in your life and, and people people speaking into your life. There is a real opportunity to process things at a deeper level. Absolutely. Uh, and I love that. I think that's kind of what I have seen over and over and over again is, you know, I've seen my kids be able to do that kind of as they's, they've gone to camp yeah. over the years. It's really a beautiful picture of, you know, the body of Christ being together. Absolutely. You know, and Chris, uh, the list uh, thinking about us talking today, um, I was thinking about the listener to those who are listening right now and whether or not you're a parent or, you know, whatever stage of life uh, to not dismiss, even if you're not in a camp or summer camp, the importance of having uh, different ages involved in camp experience. Um, And again, I will reflect just in this moment back to a moment that I'll never forget. I was a youth pastor. We took teenagers up to, the western part of North Carolina in the mountains and had mission work to do for those that were um, in poverty. And one of the leaders that went with, with us was simply the bus driver. And he was uh, elder in age. And I remember sitting in the worship time and uh, turning around and some of the worship songs, the kids were having a great time uh, praising God and just worshiping him in teenage way. Um, which is fascinating. Turn around, look back at him, and tears were just coming down his face. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, this is so good. So here's an elder man, and he's allowing his heart to be affected, and allowing his heart to be affected in a way for kids to see. And I just thought, that's that's. There's no age too much to consider being a part of something for children's lives like that. Yeah, and I'll tell two stories kind of in and around that same thing. Is number one is there's a guy named Chap Clark who uh, works out at Fuller Theological Seminary in California. And a couple of years ago, I think Chap and, and and some other folks at Fuller uh, kind of started talking about this intergenerational importance of of intergenerational relationships. And, and they said for they said teenagers will gravitate towards the oldest person in the room who Ooh. takes them seriously. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah, it is great. And so, like, I, I do run into a lot of people who say, "Oh, I'm too old, and they, I, don't, I can't relate, and I don't have Snapchat or Face thing or whatever it is." And yeah, you know, it, it just it just doesn't matter because if you and, and like I think about my daughter's small group leader is a, a lady who's in her mid sixties, and right. she, she loves her, and all of the girls love her, and so. 
um, I agree with you. Like it, 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 the opportunity for the, the older generation to pour into younger kids is amazing. But I could tell you a story about another guy who has actually been to camp with us for the last three years. He went for the first time about three years ago. He's in his mid fifties. The first time he went, he was on our safety team. So not kind of working directly with the kids in their small groups and whatnot, but yet there were moments with him, Troy, where he was same thing, standing in the back of the room, just weeping. And it was really, it was about what God was doing in the next generation and what God was doing in him. He was seeing God in a new and a different and a fresh way. And so I feel like we've kind of gotten to this part with a little commercial for, Hey, no matter what age you are, find a camp to go to and be involved. Right. That's so good. Oh man. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and keep talking about just um, some ways we as parents can engage our kids in the summer and summer camp and all things camp. So you're listening to a voice of hope. Well, hello and welcome to a voice of hope. We love that you're sharing a few minutes with us this morning. A Voice of Hope is a listener-supported, nonprofit podcast ministry to encourage a hopeful voice in our listeners. And let's face it, the headlines of today are pretty grim and less than hopeful. Through this ministry, we encourage you to share your stories of hope to inspire others. That's it. That's what we're all about. In an easy, open conversation between our two co-hosts, Chris Sasser and Troy Peverall, Along with their guests, we hope to help change the narrative of the world culture through inspiring talks with people just like you, because we all have a story and we want to encourage yours. So check us out on the web at avoiceofhope.me. That's avoiceofhope.me. Here, you can send us an email, share your story, and find a secure place to give so that we can continue to encourage the voice in others. And one more thing, thanks for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends. This helps us too, and we hope that you found a hopeful message for helpful living. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser and Troy Peverall having a conversation about summer and rest and kids and summer camp. And uh, as, as you know, a lot of us are in the middle of navigating life or when we were growing up, summer camp was a big part of what we did. And so Troy, I know you've got some thoughts coming out of what we talked about just a minute ago. Yeah. You were talking about gravitating towards the older uh, people that would be at camp. Uh, Again, no doubt I can have those experiences when I was uh, at camp myself and then watched it as a pastor. But even in the setting that I'm in right now, um, you know, I've had a guy recently, you know, in several, this has happened several times. And one person recently referenced wanting to have uh, male leadership in their life. And it got me thinking about how, even from a clinical perspective and so much of what I do now, uh, the family life and home life, uh, has been disrupted and there's the absence of, you know, a, a main figure in life, a parent in life. And as adults, there is this underlining longing to have, have that the voids that were left filled some way. And they're literally asking, where can I go to have these potential relationships in my life? And while I know that you can't get those times back and the pain of those things can actually be used to help you as an adult, there is the need that I think that we all have to have the generation above us be in our life. 
and you know even myself however old is to have people ahead of you who are in different seasons of life to kind of feed back into your life and so the leadership surrounding camp life for you know for kids and youth and adults um, are you just cannot put a value on it it's a it's a need that we have yeah and Troy where would you say like if someone's listening and, and they would say hey I want that like just in normal life and obviously you know summer camp is a good place for it to happen with kids but like where would we say is the best place for people to go to be able to find that and to experience that or does it kind of just depend on your family situation or your job situation or your work situation, you know, like how would we recommend people go about finding what it is they're looking for? So I have those relationships, honestly, when I think this is, I mean, when I think about our culture right now and, and so much seemingly difficult times and negativity and division around so many topics, um, I see people longing to have those places. And, you know, in that the walks of my life have been what they have been. I don't think this is solely the only place, what I'm getting ready to say, but I do know this place well. And that is, I believe that the community of faith that you live in offers that potential. And here's the thing is that sometimes I know we will hear, I don't want to go to church because it's filled with hypocrites. And I, I believe there's you know truth to that, but I don't think somebody who's imperfect, who's making mistakes, yet reaching for for life to be better and to walk with God. I don't believe that their imperfections make them hypocrite. I think their authenticity to say, hey, this is where I am. I need a place like this. I want to be a part of a place like this and a, a place that allows imperfect people to be that, to be real, to be honest, is the kind of environment that I'm looking for. And I, I do believe church life should offer that. Faith communities should offer that, should be that. Um, and with that comes real relationships that you can be in um, more more easily. Now, if it's a religious environment um, that focuses more on the rules of our faith versus the relational impact of faith, I think you're going to be less likely to find it because you are an authentic, real person who struggles. You need to have people ahead of you that also acknowledge that in their own life, as well as want to be a part to, to, to share that story and journey with you. So I say faith communities offer a counter to our culture right now. And they have, we have the potential, I think, as, as the body of Christ, universally to be the body of Christ in a world that I think has never hurt so bad in, in my life. And yeah. so it's like, as a faith community, regardless of what church you're coming from, to to trust God enough to be in that space and place and and serve and be there, but also uh, you too be a person that needs. If you if we can't say we need, then I I think we're we're fooling ourselves. And I don't care what place of leadership is, you, we have to live inside a faith community. Yeah, I totally agree with that because because I don't know anywhere else in our culture that offers. Um, all of what you just sort of talked through the way that a faith community does uh, yeah. and the intergenerational relationships and the opportunity to grow, the opportunity to be real and authentic and forgiven in the midst of your, your mess and all of that. I mean, it, it seems to me like that is the place where people need to lean into if that's what they're looking for. 
Absolutely. And summer camps, I think, have done well in attracting children from parents that want their kids to have uh, camp experiences. And the interesting thing is so many kids, this is why I believe a lot of people find Christ in a walk with God on camps, is that parents obviously are wanting their kids to go away for the summer. They need to break themselves. But I think it's also the fact that camp, a lot of times, as well as faith community, should be centered around the real interest of people. And because it's a draw to them, to that faith community. And it's not that we're trying to sell our product or sell our, uh, you know, even our, we're not even trying to, we're trying, we want people to to take the message that we have because the message is ultimately from God. Um, but you can't divorce that from the authentic life that you must live also. And so what better way to kind of draw people in to say, we're going to, we're going to be a place that's going to have a message for those that need God and may not have God. How cool it is to see that you, that we welcome people that do not have faith, you know, and to say, I, you know, and I've said this to people that I've met several times, like, you don't, you don't, what if you could go to a place and you don't need to believe in God? You know, what if you could go to a place and you don't have to have the same beliefs, but what if you could go to a place like that? And yet the faith community is walking with God and you're not going to try to force people or manipulate people to that belief. You're just going to trust God's spirit inside of you and watch what happens to the people that are made by God, the same one that you're made by. I mean, we all, whether you know him or not, we're made by God and for God. And so that comes the question of, can we be that kind of faith community? Well, I feel like I have heard over the last couple of years um, the phrase belong before believe. Yeah. And, and, and that this generation, especially <clears throat> what they want to do is they want to belong somewhere. And it used to be, I think, hey, if you believe what we believe and if you can you know, subscribe to our rules and laws, then you can belong. Mm-hmm. And I think, think maybe here in the church, we're waking up to wait a minute. You know, we want to lead with the love of Jesus and help people belong. And exactly what you just described, they will see people following Christ. They'll see people being authentic with their faith, and then they will kind of grow to believe. I, I can tell a story of a, a young man, and it didn't necessarily happen at camp, but it happened over the course of a couple of years, and camp was a part of it. But it's a young man that's a friend of my son's who did not believe in in what we were talking about at church, didn't believe in Jesus at all, mm-hmm. but he felt like he belonged. Right. And over the course of a number of years, he has really, really, really grown in his faith. And, you know, speaking of interns, he's an intern this summer at our church <clears throat> helping to run youth camp. And so it's this this situation where the body of Christ lived into what it's supposed to be when it comes to love. Yeah. And he saw it. And that's what he wanted. And it's yeah, beautiful. That's, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a scary, scary line, honestly. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It can be. <laughs> It can because you know I I'm not I'm not for hey let's let's help you feel like you belong to our culture and yet our culture the Christian culture is void from what a Christian is truly biblically and so it's this line of like you know we are we written to a creed are we written to a relationship and I believe we're written to a relationship. Um, that does not divorce, you know, uh, the laws of God. I mean, Christ said Himself, or you know, that, um, you know, He uh, He He didn't come to get rid of the law, but to fulfill it. So there's this 
there's this belief system that's wrapped up in this relationship. But I think we as the body of Christ are the ones that should facilitate that that movement and not divorce one or the other, you know? And so I'm, it's it, it works, but it's a scary line. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you got to be careful. No doubt about it. Okay, so in our last few minutes together today, for, from a counseling perspective, what, what do you think kind of the, the impact could be on a kid or a teenager when it comes to camp? I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, some of the things that happen with you, but really from a big picture standpoint. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing is I, I, the two things I hear the most that I think are, are important to, to remind everybody, including myself, I want to be able to say that, that most of the people that I talk to um, have seen the influence of church life and faith, faith life and camp life having a positive effect. But there are some that I would say they actually had a negative effect. And so clinically speaking, I see the worst of those. Like there are, there are situations in which people have had faith experiences inside of a camp life or summer life or youth life um, where they've walked away really wounded. And yet I've, I hear more of the other, but I think both are legit. And I, I guess I would speak to the positive potential for even affecting our mental health. And I am a big encourager of somebody comes to see us is to try to get them, you know, to at least examine their faith and to, to be in a place where, where life is spoken into them. And more than often that is church life or faith life. But I'm also aware that some have experiences where it has been damaging. And so I would just go back to the last thing we spoke about is like the belonging is important, but the belief system is so important as well. Because if the leaders don't have that belief system grounded, you ultimately and not intentionally could do damage. Hopefully this has been a helpful conversation for you. Just talking about summer and camp and hopefully rest. And and I know next time we're going to talk a little bit more just about family and rest and summer and maybe even some more about camp. So thanks for listening to A Voice of Hope. If you want more information, you can go to avoiceofhope.me and we'll talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope.